Boom! Welcome back, Cryptonauts, to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Did you hear me there? Because my mic cut out. Anyways, this is Cryptocurrency Chat. I am Jake Jabarelli and my co-host, Blockchain John, on episode 424 of the Cryptocurrency Chat podcast. How you doing, John? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? All good, buddy. What's up, man? That's another hot weekend here in California. Um... Decided to go to the mall and just hang out because they got some really good AC over there. So yeah. and good food. So, yep. <laughs> but what's sad is that they no longer have the Bitcoin ATM machine there anymore. Wah, wah, wah. Oh well, so be it. Yeah. So we have. What about, uh, what about you, man? Yeah, it's hot here, but I can't tell because I never go outside. <laughs> once, uh, once the uh, the outside temperature goes to the surface of, surface of the sun. There's no point in going outside, and I know that my wife has complained about this multiple times, that uh, it would be really nice if we could just go outside in the summertime. I was like, you don't go outside in the summertime when it's hot when we lived in the Bay Area. What's the difference? (laughs) And besides, here we actually have air conditioning. So, (laughs) and it's cheaper. I I don't know. I, I think the benefits outweigh the detriments, but she wants to go outside on occasion, not just when it's not hot. So, Mm -hmm. Like, we need to move to Hawaii. We'll just move to Hawaii and live in Hawaii forever, and it'll be beautiful all the time except in monsoon season. So, and that doesn't last all year. Anyways, uh, you guys probably see from the screen that I am showing here on my side. Uh, John, I don't know if John's showing it too, but Cointree. We have a lot, of, whole lot of links here and a whole lot of ways for you to donate. If you'd like to donate, we'd appreciate it. We have Bitcoin, Ethereum. Both of those are still worthy coins, you know. They've been around. Uh, BNB. Raven, Bat, Litecoin, Flux, Monero, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you would like to check us out, you can obviously see on YouTube. You can get us on Anchor. Discord is where you can check out everything we're doing on a regular basis. John tweets constantly on Twitter, both from the C3 Media account and Blockchain John. His own personal account, as well as from my my Jake Jeverly account. But we encourage you and employ you to check out Odyssey, odyssey.com, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot C-O-M to see all of our content completely ad-free because it's not YouTube and Odyssey doesn't run ads as far as I know, at least not over content. Uh, They are eventually going to do that, but not over the content like the way YouTube does. So if you want to see our stuff completely ad-free, check out Odyssey. Not trying to rhyme that on accident. We have a job. Where'd that job go? Um, We have a job that was... uh, John, do you want to read that job since you were the one that found it? Sure. This is... uh, The job of the day is from uh, onchain.ai, San Francisco-based. And let's see what we have here. Onchain.ai is an AI-powered blockchain cybersecurity startup based in San Jose, California. We are looking for highly motivated individuals to build a secure and compliant open finance future. We are the recognized leader in blockchain forensics. Check out our Twitter hack Bitcoin investigation on CBS News. And there's a link there. So let's see, U.S. citizens and payment residents applicants only, San Jose, California preferred, but U.S.-based remote, okay. Onchain.ai is an equal empl- uh, opportunity employer, great benefits, healthcare, dental, PTO, 401k, retirement plan, education, gym membership, location, San Jose, California, or U.S. remote. Right, let's see, basic qualifications, hands-on experience with compiler, parser, assembly, bytecode, familiar with static, dynamic analysis, experience writing automatic automated integration test suites strong communications and collaboration skills strong sense of ownership self-motivated all right preferred knowledge of the ethereum virtual machine evm blockchain technology and solidity smart contracts knowledge of formal verification fuzzy buzzing uh smart contract security audits 
or other source verifications. So if you're interested in applying, you can head over to their link that they have here. So there it is. All this new technology, check it out. So I'm gonna go back over here and talk about the quote of the day, which John found recently from uh, Gavin and Andres Andreessen, right? Um, Just as it got easier to use email, it will be easier to use Bitcoin as people invest in it and become more familiar with it. So that is our episode 424 quote of the day. And we can now move on to the news. We have lots of news all this time coming from Decrypt because we couldn't find anything of value on our other favorite crypto potato, but that doesn't matter. The first thing comes from crypto Twitter. And there's actually a new a new one we'll be doing with this week in coins, which is interesting as well. So do you want to grab the Twitter one and I'll grab the coins or vice sure. versa? Okay, so okay. this one's written by Tim Hucky off of Decrypt.co. As markets begin leveling off from a free fall, crypto Twitter spent a bit more time discussing the latest bailouts. At the beginning, beginning of the month, Voyager filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy shortly after revealing in June that it has $661 million exposure to Three Arrows Capital, a crypto hedge fund that at itself filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy on the first of the month after failing to meet margin calls. This week, Celsius became the latest lender to throw in the towel following from bankruptcy little more than a month after it had frozen withdrawals to stabilize liquidity. Zach Prince, CEO of crypto lender BlockFi, which had been battling rumors of insolvency for over a fortnight, took to Twitter to stress that his company is not in the same boat. And there's a little tweet there. CoinShares Chief Strategy Officer Melton DeMars joined the thread saying BlockFi BlockFi was holding shares in Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust, GBTC, an investment product for institutional investors who want exposure to Bitcoin without the risk of directly holding it. GBTC is currently trading at 30% discount to BTC. There's another tweet. On Tuesday, 3AC co-founder Suzu broke his month-long Twitter silence to post screenshots of a recent email from Advo... 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 What? Advocatus? Legal LLP, yeah. <laughs> uh, the firm hired by 3AC that was sent to legal representatives of the firm's liquidators. In the letter, 3AC's lawyers asked the liquidators at Tenio whether they mentioned in their July 8th filing to the U.S. Bankruptcy Court the threats of physical violence that the 3AC founders and their families were receiving. Let's read this, this little tweet here. Sadly, this is from Zuzu. Sadly, our good faith to cooperate with the liquidators was met with baiting. Hope that they didn't exercise good faith with the Starkware token warrants. And there's a screenshot of the discussion. Mm. Crypto hedge fund Defiance Capital posted a statement denying involvement with 3AC while at the same time confirming it had been materially by the crisis. NFT market OpenSea also announced it was having problems. And here's a tweet from Devin. Today is a hard day for OpenSea as we are letting go of 20% of our team. Here's the note I shared with our team earlier this morning. And here's another screenshot that goes into detail what's going on there. Elsewhere, personal finance YouTuber uh, Guru Nate O'Brien was trying to spread FUD about Coinbase. DeFi developer LukeYoungBlood.eth quickly dispatched a neat counter argument. And so let's see, Nate originally tweeted, Coinbase just shut down their entire affiliate program. This is a major red flag. I fear that a liquidity crisis is on the horizon. Luke responds, FUD much? Look at the FM balance sheet. 
they have over $10 billion in deposits for under $10 billion in customer liabilities. Unlike other crypto companies that are non-public, they have to report this accurately and follow GAAP, generally accepted accounting practices. Fud up. So fud up, dude. Fud up. <laughs> yeah. On Monday, a phishing scam offering a fraudulent airdrop managed to rob Uniswap users of over 7,500 ETH, at the time worth about $8 million. Binance CEO Shengfeng Zhao, CZ, publicly tweeted about the incident before contacting Uniswap, allegedly that the DEX protocol was exploited. CZ got it wrong, and later, after clarification from the Uniswap team, he confirmed that it was indeed a phishing scam. Ooh. The U-turn prompted fierce criticism, and there's some more tweets. This is like a tweet war going on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, blockchain sleuth Fatman Terra was among CZ's detractors. Of course. Uh, and some more tweet battling going on there. Elsewhere, Chris uh, Matterin, CEO of Floor NFTs, posted some surprising news about GameStop's new Ethereum-based NFT marketplace. In 48 hours after launching, GameStop saw twice the trading volume of Coinbase's NFT marketplace, which has been open since May. By the way, Coinbase's CEO marketplace sucks. Horrible place. Don't, don't even bother looking it up. It's garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. I can't believe that they, they allowed me to get into the beta and I looked at it and go, this, are you serious? This is what they have? This is like, horrible. We decided to just throw something together and you're like, yeah, I guess whatever stuck you used. Yeah, it was garbage. Anyways, uh, in other NFT news, Hollywood legend Bill Murray bought a cool cat. So it says, welcome to the cool cat fam, Bill Murray. Hey, there he is. All right. American actor and comedian TJ Miller thinks you're not doing it right if you're not buying the dip. Mm -hmm. Here's a tweet from TJ. If you don't buy even a what is it, mod modicum, modicum of modicum, the yeah. of the dip and you are in crypto, then you are you are bad at crypto. Buy some BTC, buy some ETH and then look back with pride when the boom market arrives and stop eating ground chicken. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> finally hey, all chickens are on the ground no. <laughs> <laughs> finally economist and gold peddler peter schiff said he would accept bitcoin for his san juan based online bank euro pacific after financial regulators in puerto rico recently shut it down for inadequate capital levels and huh. a lack of compliance that could aid money launderers mm -mm. Mm -mm. oh yeah so uh you don't want to use crypto because the fiat system is brilliant, right, Peter Schiff? Mm. Right? Because <laughs> so people transfer coin. <laughs> you can just take gold with you on the plane and no one ask any questions. Mm -hmm. Sure, buddy. Uh, here's a tweet from Cedar uh, St. Clair. He says, are you willing to sell the bank for Bitcoin? Peter Schiff responds, <laughs> actually, yes. I would sell the bank for anything if regulators let me sell it. My main goal is protecting customers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> My main goal. Uh, Schiff said is protecting customers. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote. Sure you are. All right. So that we're moving on to this week in coins, which is a lot shorter because it's a new segment also by Tamaki. This week in coins, Ethereum bounces back. Bitcoin slides. Wee in Russia bans crypto payments, which we will talk about later. While many cryptocurrencies fell over the last seven days, the preceding weeks were still quite a bit worse. The, all the, and although Bitcoin has dipped by about 3.5% over the last seven days to 20831 as of this writing, Ethereum has added 11.1% over the same period, now trading near $1,357 U.S. dollars. 
Notable gains this week included Polygon's almost 20% surge to 70 cents, Uniswap's roughly 12% rally to 707, and privacy coin Monero's 10.5% jump to 100, almost 140 US dollars. Several leading projects went the other direction. Cardano, of course, dropped almost 10% to 44 cents. Dogecoin fell nearly 10% as well to nearly to about 6 cents. And Near Protocol, which had been doing very well for quite some time, slipped almost 10% to 344. In the news, one of the heaviest blows to crypto prices this week came from an inflation report on Wednesday of the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, which noted that the Consumer Price Index, or the CPI, rose about 10% in the 12 months up to June. That's the largest 12-month increase in over 40 years. We're setting all these 40-year records. Wow, you know. With the uh, biggest price leaps seen in food, shelter, and gasoline, I wonder why. Last month, in response to inflation readings from May, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, brilliant guys, thank you, to 0.75%, or by 0.75%, not quite 1%, the steepest hike since 1994. The new CPI numbers could prompt the Federal Reserve to raise rates even further to increase the cost of borrowing and curb inflation. Curb your inflationism. Sorry, I'm trying to make a joke about curb your enthusiasm more crypto and stock sell-offs followed that news as investors dumped riskier assets an hour after the numbers were released bitcoin had dropped more than four percent while ethereum fell over six percent at one point the report may have pushed bitcoin's price down by as much as six percent on friday data released by bloomberg revealed that Bitcoin to NASDAQ correlation is nearing its lowest point this year. This means that despite the respective bear markets, Bitcoin has resisted more downward pressure than stocks. This is an altogether different story compared with April when Bitcoin's 30-day correlation with the NASDAQ was the highest level in over a year. Ethereum's relative price resilience going into this week's stem this weekend stems from anticipation of the network's upcoming transition of proof to stake, which no one really knows when it's going to happen, even the foundation creators themselves. I'm making commentary. On Thursday, the network successfully ran one of its last tests before the merge, which will at this time is public, uh, pushed Ethereum up almost 13% in a 24-hour span. The merge will transition the entire Ethereum network onto a proof-of-stake version of itself that's running on a parallel to Ethereum's current proof-of-work mainnet. Just so you know, somebody might try to hack this. On Friday, Beacon Chain, Beacon Chain rather, community manager Superfiz.eth, Superfiz, Superfiz, I don't know, uh, shared a tentative timetable of the final updates. The final update. That's oh, right. In, <laughs> I wish I had a song to play over that. In global politics, the Financial Stability Board, or FSB, announced on Monday it will come up with its own proposals to ensure crypto gets robust regulation and supervision because it obviously needs that. The FSB comprises treasury officials and central bankers because that's what we need for crypto from a group of 20 g20 economies it will report to g20 finance ministers and central bank governors just to in, in run drive home the idea that they're trying to centralize cryptocurrency in case you haven't forgotten who report to finance ministers and central bank governors in october outlining regulatory and supervisor approaches to stablecoin and other crypto assets 
They just can't stop the centralization BS. And finally, which we will get to shortly, something about Vladimir Putin and how he's banning crypto. So, let's move on to Stepin. Alright, this one's written by Daniel R Roberts. <laughs> second here. Okay. Uh, two months of running with NFT fitness app Steppen. Uh, back in April, all the DJs on crypto Twitter were boasting about their money were making just by going out for a run and tracking it on Steppen. The app rewards you and its GST, Green Satoshi's tokens, for walking, jogging, or running outdoors. Some Web3 folks were racking up more than $20 worth of GST per run, but that was in April when GST was close to $9. Uh, by May 10th, I when I started using the app late to the party, GST was down to $3.50. I earned $0.65 cents GST for my first 2.5 mile runs or $2.27. Still, hey, free money. Well, money. For inactivity, I was already planning to do. Pretty cool. Then GST kept falling amid the broader crypto crash. By the mid-third run on my step in May 1st, GST was at $0.97. Cents. Today, it's at $0.08. Cents. Womp, womp, womp. Could this go? Could this thing go to zero? Absolutely. To date, through eight runs on Steppen of 1.6 to 3.6 miles each, I've earned 31 GST total, currently worth $2.17. And I haven't even mentioned the catch to start using Steppen. If you buy, uh, if you have to buy a sneaker NFT parked on Solana and priced in Sol, when I bought mine towards the end of April, Sol was flying high, close to $100. So I shuddered to share what I spent on my sneakers. More than $400 market research. When the people who were early in Steppen would walk, would talk about how quickly they expected to earn back the money they spent on the sneakers NFT and begin making a profit. At current crypto prices, I'll earn back what I spent in 363 months or about 30 <laughs> years. 30 years. <laughs> wow. Uh, ouch. The mm. app also continually tries to get you to spend more money by repairing your sneakers or leveling up by buying another. If the tokenomics aren't enough of a turnoff, it certainly prompt Ponzi schemes acquisitions. The UX is far in inferior to leading Web2 fitness apps like Nike Running Club and Strava. When I run now, uh, I use all three apps. Stepan doesn't currently have any social features, but CMO uh, Shitty Magani told us that the that the GM podcast in June that they, those are coming and will only display distance in kilometers like Axie Infinity. The pro, pro, progenitor. progenitor of the promising but problematic pay-to-earn model. These products ask users to buy it buy in before they can even determine whether they enjoy the game. Yeah. All right, I'll leave it at that. It's <laughs> one of those things that uh, it was all hype at the beginning. I remember when it, when it first came out, I had that choice to either be an early buy-in or to not buy-in. So I looked at it. And I, it, it, it didn't make sense to me. It was it was pumping up so massively. I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense because there's like no cap. You just keep just making more coins. But uh, no. And then on top of that, you had it every time you ran, you had to repair your shoes. So you had to continuously uh, create transactions. So it's it's good for the people that are developers in in Steppen, but it's horrible for users I think, trying to uh i think that uh, to use it Steppen could be a good version of what uh strava really is right now but it needs to lend itself not just to running um if it can be done for any kind of movement then you can also do um 
uh, map mining, which is kind of what Coin does, uh, Coin, you know, the, the Coin app does, uh, and it, and do uh, you know information uh, mining, which would be very helpful, GPS stuff and and, and mapping, um, but also it could be it could lend itself, in my opinion, to uh, people basically figuring out what good tra- what are good paths and good trails to take. I mean, a lot of this stuff could be really useful on the blockchain, but they've kind of made it into the wrong kind of methodology for now. It, I hope that they can pivot to something that makes Steppen really useful because, like, to me, the incentive of... It should be a way to incentivize people who don't already exercise to get out and exercise and to help the community that's involved yeah. with it. So, what, what I thought was really cool was that the CEO of Steppen you would regularly have uh, meetups on Discord, mm-hmm. so you can have the, the the opportunity to talk to him and get more insight about what Stepan is, is all about. And the way he did it uh, was pretty cool because he would literally go out for his runs. So mm-hmm. he he'll go out running for an hour. It's like, hey, if you guys have uh, uh, have any questions, concerns, or comments about Stepan, I'm doing my run right now. You guys can chit chat with me before I head home back to my children. And that that was his open hour of discussions with the community. So. That was pretty cool just to see that a CEO, first of all, is proactively using his app and mm-hmm. show, is showing that, you know what, I'm not trying to just, just take tokens off the top. I'm actually literally running to earn my own tokens. Yeah. And then if you if you guys want to join me on this run, we can join as a community run uh, run together. So, yeah, that was pretty damn cool, man. I did I did like that as a CEO, but there, I think there's too much um, too much red tape in the gamification of, of, of this particular app. It just... Yeah, you need to you need to move out. away from just being about money, and that's what Sean has already said. Is the problem with so much crypto is it's it doesn't have a purpose. Like, so that was the whole point when that conversation we had the other day was, what is the real purpose? What what does this thing do? And if it doesn't do anything, why why does it exist? It, if it doesn't do anything and it still exists, it's just as a money grab for its creators. So, mm-hmm. all right, it, well, moving. There, there's a, there's other yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are other reasons, but yeah, I, I don't think Steppen is purely a money grab. I think it actually is a, something with a purpose, and they need to figure out what that is. Once they do, I think people will use it. So, but there does need to be some marketing, and I hate to say it, but that's how things work. <laughs> I hate, I hate marketing. Moving on to some John McAfee news, which, because John McAfee is no longer with us, is not explicitly about him. Uh, Jason Nelson writes, SEC finds John McAfee's ICO partner and issues a lifetime ban. Securities and Exchange Commission, otherwise known as the SEC, today announced a final consent judgment against Jimmy Gale Watson Jr., an associate of late John McAfee, for his role in the alleged ICO scam. In October of 2020, after Spanish authorities arrested McAfee, the SEC filed a complaint against, or rather alleging, that one-time antivirus pioneer promoted, the, well, that person, <laughs> promoted investments in ICOs with Watson's help without disclosing what they were paid to do so, or what, rather that they were paid to do so. According to the agency, Watson assisted McAfee by negotiating the promotion deals with the ICO issuers and helped McAfee cash out the crypto payments that he received. The SEC also accused McAfee and Watson of engaging in pump-and-dump schemes, secretly accumulating a large position in a cryptocurrency and then promoting it on Twitter with the intention to sell it as the price rose, which is exactly what they did. 
The final judgment against Watson permanently bans him from buying, selling, or offering digital assets in a professional capacity and assesses a fine of $316,401.48. Such a weird number. Plus prejudgment interest of $59,533.38 for a total penalty of just over $375,000. I think the guy could probably afford it, but that still sucks. According yeah. to the notice, Watson will uh, can continue buying and selling digital assets for his personal accounts, which has always been true. You just can't sell people on it. The court also filed a notice of death concerning McAfee, dismissing the agency's claim against the late tech mogul since they're not going to get any money out of him. <laughs> According to the court, the order is uh, to dismiss only applied to McAfee, not to Watson. So, yeah, um... Just as a note of what happened, McAfee had been on the run for many, many months after being charged with the tax evasion and promoting several initial coin offerings that the U.S. authorities prescribed as pump-and-dump schemes that allegedly made McAfee over $23 million. He was already a rich guy. I don't think he needed that money, but rich people always like more money, so like everyone mm-hmm. else, ironically. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the news. Them's the breaks. Let's move on to a, a more wicked and evil person. Bum, bum, bum. This one's written by Matt DeSelvo. Putin signs ban on crypto payments in Russia. Look at that. Look at that face. Vladimir Putin could re- revive the Bitcoin market, but at what cost? Russian President Vladimir Putin today signed into law a national ban on using digital assets for payments. The action comes after the Russian government and central bank have long debated what to do about cryptocurrencies. Back in January, the Bank of Russia proposed an outright ban on crypto for payments or investments. Today's laws doesn't go quite that far. In February, Russia's finance minister submitted a draft of cryptocurrencies regulations to the government, which, like the laws enacted today, allows for investing in digital assets like Bitcoin or Ethereum, but not using them to buy things. The law, as published on the Russian parliament website and translated by Google Translate, reads, quote, it is prohibited to transfer or accept digital financial assets as a consideration for transferred goods, performed works, rendered services, as well as in any other way that allows one to assume payment for goods, works, services by a digital financial asset, except as otherwise provided by federal law. End quote. Russia has been in the crypto spotlight since the country invaded Ukraine. As a result, big crypto companies like Binance and Coinbase said that they will comply with U.S. or EU laws on limiting Russian use and exchanges. Crypto legislation in Russia is is complicated. The country's central bank previously called for a ban on Bitcoin mining and crypto transactions. But, But earlier this year, the country's finance ministry said it would be necessary to allow cryptocurrencies technology to develop. President Putin expressed enthusiasm for Bitcoin mining in January when he said that Russia has certain competitive advantages, including a surplus of electricity as well uh, and well-trained personnel available to the country in uh, to mine the currency. Bitcoin closes the week down about 5% to 20,700. 20, uh, Ethereum holding at 1,200 down less than the percentage of the past seven days, according to data from CoinMarketCap. All right. So the evil dictator has banned crypto for everyone except himself. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I feel for anybody who lives in Russia, I'm sorry. Finally, uh, 
a very interesting article that, in my opinion, is going to only change how things happen for lawsuits in the UK, but it's still an interesting concept. See you in court, anonymous. UK judge allows lawsuit via NFT airdrop. This is also on Decrypt from Kate Irwin. Do you know who stole your crypto? If you're in the UK, you can sue them through a blockchain. A UK court last month granted a firm, GM Brony and Partners LLP, permission to serve legal proceedings to anonymous individual via an NFT airdrop sent to the individual's crypto wallet. The firm reported Tuesday that Fabrizio Dialolia, who is represented by Giambroni, is suing an unknown person, as well as the crypto exchanges Binance, Polynex, Gate.io, OKA, and Bit Bitcub over the loss of crypto funds. NFTs are unique tokens that exist on the blockchain, as we all know. Networks such as Ethereum and Solana and Signify the Ownership, yeah, 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 you know this stuff already. According to the law firm Dialolia, is trying to get lost crypto returned to him. Mr. Diolia's uh, cryptocurrency being misappropriated by persons unknown operating a fraudulent crone, pardon me, clone, on crony? No. Online brokerage encouraging would-be investors to deposit cryptocurrency into two wallets so that trades could be placed with it, the firm wrote. Giambroni's associate, Joanna Bailey, sees exchanges as a part of the problem. The law firm is now serving legal papers demanding the allegedly stolen crypto to be returned. Should cryptocurrency exchanges act contrary to such orders and fail to ring-fence the identifiable cryptocurrency, they risk being held liable for breach of trust, Bailey said in, of the lawsuit. The associate did not respond to Decrypt's request for further comment. The law firm also argued that regulators and legislators aren't doing enough to regulate cryptocurrency exchanges and are failing to exert control. Now, I, I, I agree with that to some degree. Yeah, it depends on where they're located. In its statement, the firm applauded the UK's government move, or government's move to allow for legal proceedings to begin via NFTs, in part because it believes it is a move toward greater consumer protections and responsible practice. I don't think those are bad. One of the... Th I just want to make a quick two Satoshi's comment about that. We lived in the quote-unquote old west of all coin existence, you know, fiat and everything for for millennia, many millennia. And it was only to the point where governments are actually saying, hey, we don't appreciate, you know, governments being the people of a particular nation, um, we don't really appreciate theft, and we would like the rule of law to rule instead of just whatever you want to do. And I appreciate that because the regulation and concept is supposedly supposed to help all the people and to some degree it has it's opposed to a country and i'm, I'm not talking about the u.s the u.s has its own problems um where people can do what they want let's i'm going to use mexico as an example no offense to anybody who's mexican um but mexico has a big problem with people taking the law into their own hands and uh there's a lot of fud going on in mexico where you don't know if what if the quote government agency that you're being stopped by is even real <laughs> it happens quite often particularly near the border of the united states that said it's clear it's currently unclear how enforceable legal documents served by nft will be preston Byrne, lawyer and partner at anderson kill told decrypt via email that such a practice is likely of limited practical effect 
It's an interesting type of alternative service, and in keeping with the UK's tradition of alternative service via platforms like Twitter, albeit one is which is limited to practical effect if a user has been fastidious about operational security, or decides simply to never transact with the wallet again. So, yeah, that's the end of it. But it's, to me, he has an excellent point, which is the thought I was thinking about. This is great to set a precedent, but it's not great in the sense of how enforceable it is. So, I am, I'm interested to see how effective this NFT thing is and what precedent it brings on other countries. Mm-hmm. So, not much more than that. I'd just like to say that I'm still working on our little uh, miner box program. I've done a lot more discovery, a lot more interesting things have happened, but I, at this point, it's going to be a little bit longer until we get anything along the lines of what I'm really hoping will happen with um, <laughs> with our little miner program. So, um, or micro miner program, I guess I'm saying is we're selling them once I get all the, all the bugs worked out of the, of the uh, mining operation. So that's all I got to say about that. We're pretty close to the half hour. So, uh, with that, I'd like to end. And do you have anything else you want to say, John? I don't know if I missed anything. No, that's it, man. Until uh, next time. All right. Well, until next time, everybody stack sats and hodl. Adios. Adios.